Hi, podcast listeners. I'm Matteo Pistono, host of the Hay House Meditations podcast. And I'm here to invite you to our free five-day meditation challenge starting January 28th at hayhouse.com slash five days. There are so many benefits to meditation. In as little as five days, you can be on your way to sleeping better, feeling calmer, embracing life more, and finding ways to ease your physical pain. During the challenge, each day, you'll receive two free meditations, one for the morning and one for the evening. These guided meditations will help you unlock a happier and healthier you. Plus, you'll get exclusive access to two live webinars with me where I'll answer your meditation questions. And best of all, you'll be joining a like-minded, supportive community, making the commitment to change their lives by building a meditation practice that brings meaningful results. Whether you're brand new to meditation or a seasoned meditator, I really hope you'll join us starting on January 28th. Go to hayhouse.com slash five days to join now and download a free PDF where I share five ways to boost your meditation practice. That's hayhouse.com forward slash the number five D-A- Y-S. Welcome to the Dr. Wayne Dyer Radio Podcast. Discover the wisdom and remarkable insights of Dr. Dyer, world-renowned spiritual teacher and foremost authority on how the power of your mind creates your world. I'm reading a book um, that... Uh, that I ordered uh, over the internet. It took me a long time to get it. There are some people who uh, advertise it on Amazon as costing $1,100 for a paperback book. I said, that's that's a little steep <laughs> for a, a little. paperback. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then another place I was able to get it for under 20 so <laughs> I don't know what the, what the, what the deal is. But uh, anyway, the book's called Power Through Metaphysics. Um, and it's a collection of writings by a woman named Connie Mendez, who uh, was born in 1898, and she passed away in 1979. She was from Venezuela. And she was also the daughter of a very, uh, very famous poet uh, in, uh, in Caracas, in Venezuela. Um, and in this, there's a chapter in here it's called The Decree, and I got, so, I got so much out of it, and it's stuff that I've talked about a lot in my life. Um, so I just thought I'd share just a little bit about it here this morning before we go to phone calls. It won't take too long. Um, it's called the decree, the decree, D-E-C-R-E-E, the decree. And it starts out with every spoken word is a decree, which is outwardly manifested. The word is a spoken thought, and we have already learned of the power of thought. Um, Jesus said, for by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And so, so our words, our words are really important. And uh, ultimately, I've never thought of our words, I've never put them into this same kind of a context as uh, that our words are really decrees of uh, what it is that we want to attract and what do we want to create in our life. And I find myself in, in doing this show for 10 years, uh, you know, watching how, how people talk and respond um, when they'll say something like... Um, well, that, that's very difficult, you know, and I almost always stop them and say, let's, let's look at that word, you know, difficult, because uh, that becomes a decree. It's like, uh, you know, if you say something is going to be difficult, and then in life you're op- offered an option of doing something that is difficult or doing something that is easy, 
um, you're going to pick the easy choice. And, uh, and, and, you know, for example, people will often say it's, uh, I'll tell them about quitting smoking, about how I quit smoking and I made a decision to do it, you know, when I was a very young man back in my early 20s. Um, and they'll say, yeah, but that's very difficult and it's, high, it's very difficult to overcome addictions. And I've overcome several addictions in my life that, uh, that I didn't start out believing that it was going to be difficult because if you do, then the first time that you're tempted to go back to, to having a cigarette or having that drink or taking that drug or whatever, the first thing that you say to yourself is, uh, well, I can do something that's very difficult, which is to, you know, to uh, pass by it and, and have to live with the, the consequences of wanting it and desiring it. Or I can tell myself that this is really quite easy. All I have to do is not put, cig not, not put a cigarette in my mouth. You know, I remember being on the first time I was ever on the Johnny Carson show uh, back in the 1970s. And we were talking about, because he was a smoker himself, and we were talking about the, that whole idea of smoking. And I was saying, you know, uh, people think that it's difficult to quit smoking. The, the fact of it is it's actually quite easy to quit smoking. The only thing you have to do uh, if you're going to quit smoking is not put a cigarette in your mouth. That's all you have to do, and, then, and, and it's done. If you're going to smoke... Then, then that's a very difficult thing to do because you've got to you've got to earn the money and you've got to get out and go out and buy them. You got to carry them around with you. You got to carry fire around with you wherever you go. Then you got to dispose of ashes that are constantly burning. And then you got your fingers that are getting all yellow and your teeth start turning yellow. And there's all these kinds of things that you have to do. You have to work for it, spend your money on it. You know, take the time to do it. Find a place that it's okay to do it. Uh, it's a it's really a lot of work. Whereas not smoking just involves not putting a cigarette in your mouth, basically not buying them and not doing anything and just letting it go and living with the inner world of, uh, you know, not allowing yourself to think in those ways. So as I was reading this, she, she makes this comment in this, uh, this chapter on uh, power through metaphysics. She says, I suggest that you spend a day just listening to yourself. Listen to the decrees that you make so casually Things that people say, these, and, and this, here are some of them that I wrote down and that she had written down as well. Business is rotten. So that becomes like a, a decree. I've heard people say that. I have a dear friend who runs a, uh, a golf uh, uh, driving range place, and uh, I've heard him say so many times, business is terrible, business is terrible. When you, when you start believing that it's the economy or that it's business, you're setting out a decree. It's literally a decree. She's, and another is that kids today are a lost generation. So we look at the young people and we think, you know, and we make this kind of dec a decree. And then every time we see a young kid doing anything, we, we, we sort of have this that we live up to. We'll never get there in this traffic. Um, you can't trust anyone these days. It's not safe to walk in the streets. Uh, don't touch that or you'll break it. Uh, with my luck, I'll probably, you know, things won't work out. I've often heard people say this over and over again. Well, it's just not going to work out because with my luck, and instead of saying with my luck things are going to work out and I anticipate things are going to be great, that becomes a decree. Instead, we have these decrees about all the things that uh, that can't happen. Um, I, I, I've never seen it fail. Uh, if I eat this, it's going to upset my stomach. I, I, I can feel a migraine coming on. Um, they're going to rob you blind. Uh, she's a gossip. There's no point in trying, and on and on. And it's like when we think about just casually the words that come out of our mouth, um, and, and then she goes on to say, you can see the pattern. You've made the prophecies, and your attitudes govern your actions to the point where you make sure that those prophecies are fulfilled. 
says, never forget every word that you utter is a decree, whether positive or negative. When it is positive, it is manifested in good. When it's negative, only bad can follow. If your words are against someone, it's the same as condemning yourself. That person lives up or down to your expectations, at least where you are concerned. But when you speak with kindness and understanding toward others, they will return kindness and understanding to you. And when something unpleasant happens to you, don't think, I wasn't expecting that. Think instead of statements that you've made in the past that predicted and literally caused your misfortune. And this is the thing, that's what I underlined and wanted to say this morning. When something unpleasant happens to you, don't think, I wasn't really expecting that. Instead, begin to look at all of the statements that you've made in the past that have predicted and literally caused this misfortune, whatever it is that's taking place in your life. It could have been one of those idle statements like uh, the ones that I just mentioned to you. Uh, like every time I make an investment, I lose my shirt or I have bad luck or think with, uh, with my luck, things aren't going to work out and so on. And so what, what I want what I, and what I'm doing for myself as well is looking at, you know, I think we can take this, Diane, to, uh, to a level that isn't just about, you know, these the sort of uh, minor things that I'm talking about. I think we can do this with the, with the diseases that show up in our life, with the, with the difficulty in relationships that show up in our life, with the absence of, um, you know, of abundance or prosperity or funding or money or, or that, we, that show up in our life. If we were to take and, and just look at all of the things that are, exist in our present life and ask ourselves, how many, how many times have I uttered statements or words or had ideas that have, uh, that I have proclaimed and decreed and then, um, and then they've showed up in my life. And I think back to like, um, people have said to me, you know, about being able to make money. I've, I've often said that making money has always been something that's, uh, that was always very easy for me. And I wasn't born into money. I was born in, into, uh, you know, into foster homes and, and orphanages and it was a, to a total absence of money. And, but there's always been sort of an inner kind of knowing or an awareness within myself that, uh, that there is, there's no way that I'm going to place something into my, ma uh, my imagination that I don't really want to manifest for myself in my life. I learned it. It seems to me I uh, almost came into this world with a knowing about that, that, uh, that you don't make decrees that say, I, I can't make money. This is a tough time. Uh, it's not going to work out for me. I can't handle this pressure. Um, all of these kind of statements, um, because what they become, according to what, what Connie Mendez is talking about here in, uh, in, in, uh, power through metaphysics is that you take a, you, you go back to all of the things that you have believed and taught yourself and, and, and said, uh, from the time that you were little boys and little girls, uh, and then say, I have, I have actually decreed that these things will show up in my life. Rather than, and our inclination almost always is to place, uh, you know, the fault or the blame or the responsibility for what is taking place in our life that we don't like, that is a misfortune, on um, all kinds of things external to ourself. And we never, you know, we never, we don't remember the first words in the book of John, in the beginning was the word. In the beginning was the word. Like, 
what is the word? What words do you utter and say and have you uttered and said that have allowed you to think this way? Um, I've often said this about things like Alzheimer's. It's like you have to make a declaration when you're in your 20s and your 30s and your 40s and your 50s that uh, my mental powers are going to always be strong. I will not attract anything into my life that, and, and make that an absolute decree and, um, and, and I think it applies to just not just Alzheimer's. I think it applies to cancer. I think it applies to, uh, uh, you know, our, our station in life. It applies in our relationships. Uh, we constantly are going around making these decrees. And then when all of this stuff shows up that we don't like, instead of asking ourselves, how many times have I uttered words that are predictive of this station or this thing happening for me in my life this way, how many times have I said this, that, that I can't do this or that I'm a loser or that uh, I always have bad luck or that other people always get the break and I don't or whenever I go someplace, even even with things like the weather, you know, people, will, you know, I hear people say that, oh, yeah, it'll probably rain and it'll, you know, it'll probably ruin our picnic or it's going to ruin the, the wedding if we have it out. You know, and it's like my secretary, Maya, who's been traveling with me for, you know, about 30 or 35 years to different talks that I've given all over the world. She always is just astounded at how, um, uh, you know, how nice the weather always is when we go places. <laughs> it's like I always say, I have an expectation that the weather is going to be nice. I never, ever, and even when it rains, I always say, well, wow, my God, well, let's look at all the wonderful things about rain, <laughs> you know, that we can, uh, that we can think of. And I think, Diane, even collectively, we have to look at this because, um, you know, I've said this before on the show. I mean, I, I read a book years ago of, 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 about uh, uh, the, the power of plants, you know, the amazing world of plants. Um, I don't have the title right off the top of my head, but it'll come to me. Uh, but they did experiments in there where they showed that people's uh, thoughts and, and, and emotions and energy affected the, you know, whether how the plants were. If, if someone was coming at a plant with... Uh, you know, with a pair of scissors to cut it with 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 anger, the plants would uh, would re kind of recoil, and uh, you know they, they could see they could actually see changes with the uh, uh, you know with the electronic equipment that they had on them. That our thoughts and our energy affects everything in nature, and that um, perhaps collectively, if enough of us uh, have decrees that uh, you know that uh, they're not in balance, when not in alignment with the, the perfection of the universe. That the that the uh, the world's weather is impacted by it. Uh, we certainly know, you know, through uh, the magic world of plants. What is that? Uh, the name of that book? Do you remember, Diane? I, I've heard uh, about it. I don't remember the name. Uh, I could look yeah. it up. Well, it'll come up. Very it'll come quickly. To me. Um, yeah, but but it's uh, it's and so we, you know, it's like I think it impacts everything in our world. And when we start becoming conscious of these kind of decrees that we make in uh, in in casual little things, and 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 begin to catch ourselves and begin to instead reverse them. So how do we go about reversing some of these uh, these statements? You know that. Uh, um, you know, I think never being aware, right? Just being aware you're doing it because we do it so unconsciously. I can think of so many times I've said those things to myself, and and it usually comes out that way. Yeah, we we <laughs> and, and and well, but because that, that's how the universe works. I mean, it, it, it's like we we are connected to the energy that creates uh, you know everything that 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 shows up around us, and, and we're the highest energy on the planet. 
you know, this, I've I've given the example so many times about the about a parking place. You know, it's like you get in you get in your car and you're heading towards a, the place to park to to some place you want to go to the theater. And say, There's never any place to park there, and then and so subconsciously you you programmed your subconscious mind for no place to park. Then when you arrive at the place where you want to park, instead of looking around for a place to park and knowing that your place is there and having an inner awareness that it's there, uh, instead you're looking straight ahead, saying to yourself over and over again, there's never any place to park in here, or this traffic is always going to be heavy. And it's like, and we, we, so if, if we begin to shift our, 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 our statements, the, you know, the statements, first of all, that we say to ourselves. And then the statements that we say, because, you know, and so what I want everybody who's listening today to do is to take a look at, you know, all of the things in your life that you don't like that aren't working the way you would like them to work, whether it's in your relationships, whether it's financial, whether it's with your health, what, whether with, with your job, with your friendships or whatever it might be. And instead of saying, uh, and, and when you ask yourself, now, how did it come to be this way? Kind of go back and, and go all the way back as far as you can go to even being a young boy or a young girl. And, and how many times have you heard or said the words that were predictive of this being showing up in your life? And then get to a place where you start to change that around. And you have a different, not only a different set of expectations, but a different way of making decrees so that you decree that things are going to work out that your prosperity is on its way, that your relationship is going to improve, that your health is uh, is something that you have control over. I'll give you an example of this, and then we'll open up to the phones. My daughter Serena is here, um, uh, who's written a book called Don't Die With Your Music Still In You. It's uh, a book that I give out on the show to people who call in. My experience growing up with spiritual uh, parents. And she has a new little baby. Uh, her baby's name is Sailor, and Sailor is uh, three months old. Now, Sailor has uh, something uh, uh, called acid reflux, you know, that, uh, uh, so, so that her stomach, you know, so when, when she's nursing or when she gets her bottle or whatever it is, um, she, she starts throwing up a lot. Now, uh, my daughter Serena has had this in her entire lifetime, from the time that she was a little girl, and her mother, my wife, also had that when she was a young girl. It's this thing called acid reflux, okay? And they have little prescriptions for it, Prilosec and things like that that people take. But, um, and Serena has struggled with this her entire life. She's had it more seriously, uh, you know, from the time that she was a little kid and she's now 30 years old. So yesterday she was, uh, you know, w uh, with, there with Sailor and she said what they do is they give Sailor double the amount of uh, a formula in a, and then she, half of it will stay in and half of it's going to come up because she's got, um, you know, she's got acid reflux and she, they called the doctor and the doctor said, here's a prescription that you can give and you can get it flavored and, and it's going to help with her stomach and so on. But meantime, since she was born three months ago, um, she does a lot of this acid reflux that is sort of predictive of what, um, what Serena has experienced for herself in her whole life. So I said to her yesterday, I said, honey, I said, do you realize that, um, that that little baby who came out of you shares your DNA and um, shares your blood and uh, is, as you know, just because the cord has been cut, but it's just as connected to you, you know, spiritually uh, and, uh, and, and metaphysically and, and, and uh, mentally, it's just as connected to you as if she were inside of your womb. And that you had this experience yourself. And rather than already setting up this decree 
that uh, Taylor's going to have this is just something she's going to have to struggle with. My mother had it. She has, you know, I, I had it, and now, now she's going to have it. I said, you have the capacity to communicate with her and begin to program into her subconscious mind from the time that she, and, and, and every time you look at her and see her, she, she can, when you look at her, she looks at you different than anybody else because you're her mother, you know, and, and, uh, and she looks into your eyes and all that. And instead of telling her that you have acid reflux and I'm really sorry, I'm going to give you more milk than you need so that, and you're going to have this for a lifetime. I said, you have the power to heal this. You know, to put your hand on her stomach and and uh, you know and on her throat and and when she's taking this, uh, instead of convincing yourself that this child is going to have this for a lifetime, I want you to begin to just say to yourself, "I can heal this for you, honey," and and talk to her like this. And I put my hand on her stomach and I said, "You're such a sweet baby, you know, and and you don't have to have this throwing up stuff, and you don't have anything called acid reflux. You you're." perfectly healthy you're a divine creation you are perfect mommy's going to be here for you and show you exactly how to deal with this and start programming her subconscious mind right now so that when words do begin to develop within her and she speaks first in words and then in sentences what you're going to say is that you don't have this this is just a you know this is just a minor little obstacle and it's not anything that's going to dominate your life and you know, and read your sister's book, uh, Goodbye Bumps, because she was able to do the very same thing by shifting her consciousness around. So, you know, we get programmed from the time that we're little, you know, about what we can do and what we can't do, how fast we can run, how much we can lift, how athletic that we are, how good we are at mathematics, how, you know, uh, you know whether or not uh, we're coordinated, whether we can dance, whether we can do a, a headstand, whether we get, we get, it's just almost every, every few minutes of our life, there are these decrees coming out of us. And you don't want to have any decree coming out of you that isn't predictive of what you would like to attract and create for yourself uh, versus a decree that says, it's going to be difficult. I can't make it happen. My luck is never going to work out. I've been sick. We run, This runs in our family. My mother had it. My grandmother had it. And on and on and on and on it goes. There's Those an old beliefs. story. Yeah, there's an old story that I tell. I used to tell of a, of a, a woman who was uh, getting a, a, a ham for, for uh, Thanksgiving uh, or Easter. I guess it was Easter Sunday, and she got a ham, and she went, and she cut off the end of the ham. You know, just before she put it into the pan, and um, and and someone said to her, "Why do you cut off the uh, the head of the pan?" She said, "Oh, we've always done it that way." Uh, and so, so they went to the mother was there, and she went to the, the same mother and the, of the of the young person who had just said that, and said to the mother, "You cut off, that's something that goes on in your family." She said, "Oh yeah, we always cut off that end of the ham. That's just what we do in our family." And you know, and then she went to the grandmother, and the grandmother was in the house, the same same family, and she said, "They said, why do you do this?" Uh, she said, well, we've always done this in our family. And finally, the great-grandmother was there, this woman had, who was 106 years old. And they finally said to her, uh, you cut off the end of the ham? Why is it that you cut off the end of the ham? How did that happen? She said, well, when we were little, the pan was too small. <laughs> <laughs> That's simple. <You> know, <laughs> yeah. The pan was too small 150 years ago, and you're still cutting off the end of the ham because, you know, that's what you've decreed what you do. And it's a silly example, but it's like it's what I'm what I'm speaking about and what uh, reading her book really reminded me of. So, so true, watch those your unconscious decrees. beliefs, those decrees. So what do you do, Diane? What are, what are your statements to yourself? That, uh... <laughs> well, actually, today I, I did, although I say it um, instead of, you know, I, I am great, I said, 
I was doing an interview this morning with one of our authors from the UK, and I said, Diane's just so great at doing these interviews. <laughs> this interview's going to be amazing. And it, and it did. It went, it went really well. Good for so, you. So I Good try to you. stay say yeah. uh, those kind of statements. And I did have the opposite uh, happen to me in my own life with a job that I took in Jacksonville at a radio station. And I was working mm-hmm. on a morning show, like a wild and crazy morning show. And, mm. And I said, this job sucks, and this mm. is going to be horrible. Yeah, sure and, enough, and they, sucky jobs show up, right? Don't they? <laughs> and they fired me eight months later, and uh, you know, and and I certainly, I'm sure I created that situation. I couldn't you have did. been, I couldn't have yeah. been a, a pleasant person to be around because I'm like, I hate Jacksonville. This station's mm. terrible. This isn't the job they said it was, and yeah. you know, so from the very beginning, I set myself up for that to happen, and and it did absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I have never, you know, it's like I've never, uh, I've always been very, very careful with my kids when they say, one of them is I'm bored, you know, that this, you know, I've just like boredom is just something that follows me around, and I and I always say there's no such thing as boredom. There's only people choosing boring thoughts, and I've, they've heard me say that a thousand times. Another one is I'm tired. You know, you hear people saying it all the time, I'm tired. And of course, if you go around talking about having a decree that I am tired, tiredness is something that uh, you're going to have to experience. If you instead say, I am energetic and I'm full, or I'm going to take a nap and, and, and instead of, you know, making your declarations, I don't feel well. I've got a fever. It's uh, you know, we we could spend the rest of this show and 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 ten more years going through all of these kinds of decrees that ultimately become our reality, and so take a look at your reality and back up and uh, and and check out the kinds of things that you have been saying for a lifetime that are predictive of it. And little sailor is not going to have uh, acid reflux if I have anything to say about it. So. <laughs> Clear right up. That, right. That's so so true, though, and so, such a good reminder of something we unconsciously yeah. do all the time. Right. We're all so. guilty. If you would like to hear more of Dr. Dyer's radio show, tune in to HayHouseRadio.com. To find out more about Dr. Wayne Dyer or any other Hay House author, please visit HayHouse.com. Thank you for listening.